Good evening, everybody, and welcome to the graveyard. Thank you for joining us tonight. My name is Adam. And my name's Matt. Now pull up a tombstone or settle into your casket and get comfortable, because this is Graveyard Tales. All right, Matt. How you doing tonight? Hey, I'm good, Adam. How are you? I'm doing all right. So... We got in trouble last episode because apparently we said brother too much. So, brother, I'm going to try not to say brother, brother, this whole episode. Uh, yeah, people are paying way too much attention to the words we use. <laughs> no, I, I think that may may be a good thing. but uh, Possibly. Um, and they're paying attention enough to where I guess the, the jig is up, though. Um, it's been said that they feel my accent is fake and... Oh, I think they're right. They they figured out this is how I really talk most of the time. But for the episodes and stuff, I like to throw on this stupid Southern accent, which, you know, it's really difficult to keep this up for an hour and a half. But <laughs> yeah, no kidding. This this is really how we talk. No kidding. Um, two Southern boys here, I guess. Yeah, I wouldn't fake something this this dumb <laughs> sounding. I mean, if I was going to fake an accent, it would be a lot smarter sounding than this. You don't hear me and go, you know, that dude's kind of smart. Yeah, you, we, we don't sound like Harvard professors. No. Well, you know what we could do? We can go get this book. We can open this book and learn something, y'all. I'm going to learn you a tale. But speaking of learning a tale, Matt, what are we talking about tonight? We are talking about Ouija boards. Which, you know, like we teased to the last one, man, this is... Not a topic we enjoy, really. Yeah, we're we're going up the scale tonight uh, as far as scare factor. These are things that Adam and I both have had experiences with, and both of us have been really, really scared. So uh, talking about it is fine. Right, right. I'm not touching one. No, there, there will not be one in my house. I get creeped out looking at pictures of them. So, which is kind of funny because in my bathroom, the closest we have to a Ouija board in the house is in my bathroom. My shower curtain is Ouija board inspired with two like um, Day of the Dead figures on it, and it says "Drop Dead Mother Effer" on there. <laughs> and that's the. It actually says the word though. I'm I'm editing for our PG thirteen podcast here. Yeah. Um. But that's the closest that anything will ever come to being in this house. So um, we, we've we got all the lights on. Um, I've got extra lights on. Not They're not needed. I've just got them on just in case. Um, we decide to leave the studio here and walk out. There's, we don't walk into a dark hallway or something after our discussions about this. Right. And again, just like all of our shows, we're sharing stories about these things. These are stories that we've experienced these are stories that we've been told by friends and and yeah they're meant to really really scare you we're not saying we believe any of this stuff necessarily but i don't know about you adam but i've had some experiences that i just can't explain yeah and not being able to explain them is really what frightens me about these things right and and i lean i'm i'm leaning more toward that I believe that the Ouija board works, but I don't believe that it works exactly how people think it does, which, you know, we'll get into um, eventually this episode. 
Um, but on a lighter note, it's almost Halloween. Uh, yeah, absolutely. You know. uh, what Are you dressing up this year? You know, I'm thinking about those panda heads, those big <laughs> giant panda heads. If anybody follows our Twitter or Facebook, I posted a picture of me and Target trying one on, and I think I look pretty dashing in that. You do, and and that picture, I wanted to give a PSA. Right. Um, if you're in Walmart or Target or Halloween store or whatever, and you see some big head like this, just remember that 400 other greasy people have stuck that on their head because they thought it was funny, too. Right. Well, here, here's my, um, my, I guess, not disclaimer, but my um, covering my own butt on this one. I'm a tall feller, and um, I picked one of the top shelf ones because, in my opinion, you know, the lycy people can't reach the top shelf. That's <laughs> that's just how I make small, myself feel better. Small hands. Right. <laughs> small hands, short little arms. <laughs> yeah. So when I find a hat that I like, I always pick one that's like, you know, three or four into the back. Yeah, so four or five deep. And, but so... On on the Ouija board topic here, um, we've got we found some rules now. Each Ouija board, when you buy it, like you can buy the Hasbro version, you can buy the whatever version in in a in a store next to the kids' games. You know, you got Life on one side, Monopoly on the other, and in the middle. Is the Ouija board. And that's a pretty good way to describe it. Yeah. <laughs> Life on one side, Monopoly on right. the other. Um, and so each one of them comes with a set of rules. But if you go online and you look at these quote unquote legit Ouija board sites where they use the wooden Ouija boards and the, the quote unquote real Ouija boards, they have a lot longer and a lot more in-depth rules. Um, which I found and I figured we should probably read. Um, just because we're reading the rules, don't go play the Ouija board. I'm going to say that several times through this episode. Don't go play the Ouija board. That's right. Just leave it to others to do. Um, so we'll read through these fairly quickly because um, there's 20 of them. And I don't know if you want me reading rules, 20 rules for like a half an hour here. Um one, never insult the spirit. If you are rude or disrespectful, it can attract evil spirits. Number two, never play alone. When you are alone, you are, and evil spirits may try to possess you. Number three, never use the board if you are sick, drunk, depressed, or mentally disabled. When you are in a weakened state, you are vulnerable to possession. Number four, do not force anyone to use the Ouija board against their will. I had that happen, so I, that's never fun. I was I was forced into a, a Ouija experience. No good. Number five, never use the Ouija board in a cemetery or any location where a murder or an unnatural death has occurred. It and could, why on earth would you want to right, do that? Right. I mean, good Lord, don't be dumb. Um, it could cause terrible manifestations. Duh. Number six, never trust a spirit. Evil spirits will use lies and false flattery to gain your confidence and trick you. We'll talk a little bit more about that later. Yeah, like, you're pretty. Yeah. Adam, you're a good-looking feller who's got nice manners. Now, I know you're lying. (laughs) 
Number seven, do not ask questions about God. Number eight, do not ask when you're going to die. For the love of God, don't ask when you're going to die. Number nine, if you encounter a spirit called Zozo, stop playing immediately. Many people have had bad experiences with this evil spirit. We'll talk about that yeah, a little bit. We're, we're going to talk about Zozo. He's a bad dude. He is. Number 10. If the planchette moves to the four corners of the board, it means you have contacted an evil spirit. Number 11. If the planchette keeps moving in a figure eight, it means the spirit is trying to gain control of the board. Number 12. If the planchette begins to count down through the letters of the alphabet or the numbers, it means the spirit is trying to escape from the board. Number 13, never let the planchette fall or fly off the board. It could allow an evil spirit to escape. Number 14, do not leave the planchette on the board when you're not using it. This could allow evil spirits to enter the world. Number 15, when you're finished, the board must be closed down properly. Say goodbye and do not leave until the spirit moves the planchette to goodbye. Yeah, it's kind of like a Windows computer. You yep. have to shut it down correctly. Yep. Please shut the the session down correctly. Number 16, do not burn the board. There have been cases where people burn the board and A, it later turned up in perfect condition. B, they heard an un- unearthly scream. C, it released an evil spirit. Or D, the board would not burn at all. And I think we're going to, you have some notes on that as well. I do. Number 17, to properly dispose of a Ouija board, you need to break it into seven pieces, pour holy water on it, and then bury it. Number 18, do not become addicted. Evil spirits may try to make you dependent on the board in order to gain control of you. Do not become addicted is just a good rule of life. That's right. I mean, don't become addicted to much. Um, maybe air. Yeah. Good thing oh, to I'm, be addicted I'm, to. I'm already addicted to air. You and me both. Number 19, if the Ouija board starts freaking you out, stop using it. Number 20, the last one. If you are religious, do not use the Ouija board. The Catholic Church warns against it. And they have done many exorcisms to cast evil spirits out of people who are possessed through the Ouija boards. So, Matt, now that we've gone over the rules, why don't you give us a little history of the Ouija board? Okay, so one thing so we don't get a bunch of emails from people. We know that Ouija is a brand name that's owned by Hasbro. Uh, for their game, these boards, as a rule, are known as talking boards. Or that, spirit boards. Or spirit boards. Um, they were u- in use, you know, late 1800s, mid to late 1800s. Um, but there were companies that were going to try to capitalize on this. And, I, and I'm going to give you a little bit of history of what we know now as as a Ouija board. So when we say Ouija board, we're... We're using it as an all-encompassing term. Uh, we're not specifically talking about the one that you can go buy at Target. Right. We're talking um, about wooden any, ones. Any and kind of talking board. You can look at there's Some of these are really fancy, ornate, and I've seen ones that are hand-drawn with a Sharpie on a piece of cardboard. Right. Um, you know, anything like this supposedly will work regardless of how pretty or adorned it is. Um, but, but, yeah, like I said, Ouija... 
brand name, we get it. We're going to use that term because that's the term everybody knows. It's just easier. It's easier. So, uh, into the history. Around uh, 1890, a gentleman named Charles W. Kennard uh, first came up with the idea of selling these talking boards. He, uh, he filed for a patent in uh, 1891. That was the first talking board patent in the United States. Uh, and a gentleman that was working for him named Elijah Bond, if you've done any research on Ouija, his, this gentleman's name has come up. He actually filed the patent, but registered it in the name of Charles Kennard and a gentleman named William H.A. Maupin. Now, these were the two businessmen. Uh, Elijah Bond worked for them, so he was the one that filed the patent on their behalf. Now, they began to sell what was known as a talking board, and they changed the name of their company to the Kennard Novelty Company. It was the Kennard Novelty Company because it was Mr. Charles Kennard's company. I'm glad they don't call it Kennard anymore. <laughs> but <laughs> funny thing is, is the partners in this company that were his uh, financiers booted him out of his own company and took it over and called it the Kennard Novelty Company. <laughs> <laughs> we were just talking about he, Monopoly he earlier. He doesn't even own his own company. Um, but they did, they took it over and when they decided they were going to mass produce these things, they, uh, changed the name to the Ouija novelty company and recruited the help of a man named uh, William Fold. Now, William Fold is sometimes referred to as the father of the Ouija board. He was the first person to mass produce these things. Okay, so that's a little bit about how they came into being. Now, the interesting thing about this is these things were already being used. So how did they come up with the name Ouija? I mean, again, I said it's just a brand name. Uh, a medium named Helen Peters was using one of these boards with, uh, with William Fold, and she asked the board what it wanted to be called. And Ouija was supposedly what it said. I think it said Fred at first. Yeah. It's like, call me Fred, and they're like, no, we need something well, better. Well, and spirits are notoriously bad spellers. So it, you know, Fred, Ouija. Same thing. Yeah, yeah. it's close Amen. enough. So, <laughs> um, there's, there's rumors that there was a, a feminist around that time named uh, Oid, like O-I-U-I-D. D-A. Yeah. Like that, yeah. They thought this might have been what it was going for because this, you know, this Helen Peters is a big fan of hers. Who knows? Either way, they settled on Ouija, and that's what they were called. So Mr. Fould decided, I need to start producing these things and selling them. So he said the board told him, you need to build this big warehouse factory to produce these things in. So... That's what he did. So he's building this big production facility. And while he was supervising putting a, a flagpole on the roof, one of the railings that he was leaning against gave way and he fell. 
some stories say he fell and caught himself on the windowsill and was hanging, and then the window somehow shut on his fingers, and he fell the rest of the way. Uh, either way, he hit the ground, but he didn't die. Uh, many broken bones, mainly ribs. So it's, you know, it's the 1890s. How are you going to get to a doctor? Right. By horse and buggy. So the horse and buggy ambulance comes and, and picks up Mr. Fold and takes him to the doctor. Oddly enough, while he's on his way, they hit a bump and one of his broken ribs shifts and punctures his heart, killing mm. him instantly. So he is also considered to be the first casualty of the Ouija board because he wouldn't have built this big facility had the board not told him to. Right. So pretty interesting. That just gives you an idea um, of how these things came into being, that they were this popular commercial thing. Now, again, we said these things were around. People were using them. There, there was... The spiritualist movement was there. People knew what these things were. They just weren't out for general public consumption. Right. Wasn't mass that, produced. That's what this company was going to do. Um, I believe it was 1966. Um, Ouija was purchased by Parker Brothers. And later on, I believe in the early 90s, it was purchased by Hasbro, who uh, who owns the uh, the trademark Ouija today, and when you if you go into the store and you happen to see one, you know Hasbro, the same company that's going to make you know Twister or whatever else mm-hmm. is making is still making Ouija boards. Yeah, little public service. And I'm still not going to buy. One. Don't play Ouija board while playing Twister. So that's a little bit of the history. So um, yeah, well, uh, let's let's talk a little bit more about um about some of these things that can happen um. Let's uh let's go into a little bit more of these these rules and why they're in place. Right. All right. So if you remember from the list of rules, which I hope you remember the list of rules, number nine spoke of Zozo. And it spoke of if you encounter Zozo, stop immediately. Now you're probably asking, who is Zozo? What is Zozo? Why, when, and where? Um, so let, let's talk a little bit about Zozo. Um, Zozo can actually go by several different names. Um, most commonly is Zozo, but it could be Zozo, Zaza, Mama, Oz, Zo, Za, or even Abacus. Now, nobody knows exactly who Zozo is. Did you say... Mama. I did say mama. Oh. Yep. <laughs> yeah. So mama. If you meet mama, get out. Um, people don't really know who Zozo is or what, but people have come into contact with Zozo. Now, real quick, if you've got kids listening, which you probably shouldn't, I'm going to talk about something that they probably shouldn't listen, so plug their ears real quick. People who have come in contact with Zozo have extreme negative experiences. Some of these experiences include bad luck, depression, thoughts of suicide, actually committing suicide, and in some instances, rape. Zozo is a very sexually tied demon 
and it does manifest in a lot of nighttime molestations and rape of people after experiencing him in the board. Yeah, and as we were researching specifically Zozo, it it seems that it's it's a male entity of some type because it does specifically say that female participants are at risk for this if they encounter Zozo. Right. So that that makes you think, okay, this is this is a male demon entity being whatever you want to call right. it. Um it's speculated that the demon could also be an incubus due to the high rate of people who experience the sexual normal the paranormal sexual encounters. My tongue got tied. Um Zozo is known as the Ouija board demon because for many years, um many decades, he has come through with the Ouija board. Now in a book by Manuel A. Mallet in 1906, the book Infernal Dictionary. Zozo appears under the name of the demon known as Pazuzu, and we'll talk about him in just a second. Um, there was also a reference to the entity being a soul stealer, according to an early 1900s article. Brooke Kenilworth had her soul stolen by her husband Zozo, who was a mystic. So there could be the tie-in. Zozo could be the soul of the mystic. Um, it's important to know that even though Zozo is strongly associated to the Ouija board, many have reported contact with Zozo by using other forms of spirit communication. Um, this includes making contact with him while performing pendulum sessions, automatic writing, electronic voice phenomena, and even spirit photography. Um, you can actually find some EVPs, if you search hard enough, you can find some EVPs where the voice of the entity is proclaiming itself to be Zozo through the recorder. And and one thing, if you if you look into any, any study about demons, uh, demons like to announce their presence. They want you to know that they're there and who they are. And... If you've ever done any reading into the you know, medieval folklore or some of these fantasy novels, there's always a lot of focus on on names and the power behind names. But for demons, using their name, speaking their name gives them power. Right. So there's some really interesting ways to know if you have contacted Zozo. Um, number one, it tells you that it's Zozo. So if, if Zozo comes up across the board, either someone you're using the board with is a really sneaky, you know what? I'm trying to be clean here. Right. Um, or Zozo showed up. Um, really rapid erratic movements of the planchette across the board. And we hadn't touched on that, but the planchette is the device that you use, um, the pointer, uh, for lack of a better term. Um, they can be, you know, wooden, plastic. Usually they're on three little feet. They have a pointer. That's the thing that the, the spirit moves. So when it moves very suddenly, rapidly, 
uh, that's another indication. Um, a feeling of dread or unease. Some people will say they experience this heavy, sad feeling while using the board. Uh, and darkness or you know, the room you're in getting darker or the appearance of shadows where there shouldn't be any like shadows around you, yeah. the yeah. the table, your friends. So those are those are some indicators that people have have documented might indicate that you're talking to Zozo. Right. Now it we found some things to do if you happen to come in contact with Zozo. Um I but, hope one of them is run. Yeah, and get the <laughs> hell out now. And actually, that's not one of these. <laughs> that should but, be number one. Yeah, it, it's it's not. Um, I guess these people don't fear it as much as I would. Um, because the first one is don't panic. Like the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy yeah, thing. Don't, don't panic. Don't panic. Um, darker entities, especially demons, feed off of fear. Make I, You know what? That just made me think of the thing about if you're ever attacked by a shark, shove poop in their nose. Right. Well, what if you don't have any? Oh, oh, you'll have some. Yeah, you'll definitely have some. <laughs> believe me, I would. <laughs> so basically, what we're saying is, if I encounter Zozo, there's gonna be there's, some poop available. Gonna, there's and gonna be some fear for him to feed on. Right, and I'm throwing the fear poop at him just to get him to leave. <laughs> Um, the second one is close the session as soon as possible. If you're using a Ouija board, move the planchette over to goodbye. You have to close it. Otherwise he's going to stay around. That's one of the rules. Uh, you have to close the session by sliding the planchette to goodbye. Um, and I've even heard saying goodbye three times is another way to close it. Yep. When you don't do that, you, you're essentially leaving a, a portal open. Right. Another thing that I have heard as well is after goodbye, you need to circle the planchette three times on the board to clear the board. Um, after ending the session, clear the board by circling the planchette three times. This one is set boundaries. Before starting any spirit communication, it is important to set boundaries with ghost entities and demons that you may be communicating with. Now, that's all well and good. But if you encounter an evil entity, I don't, if they're anything like criminals in real life, boundaries don't mean crap. They really don't. So I would say that one is, that's kind of a meh thing to do. You know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't put my trust in a boundary. Um, another thing to do is smudge the area and Ouija board participants now if you don't know what smudging is smudging is basically the burning of white sage or other cleansing herbs to basically clear the air run out the the spirits the entities and free up the area i'm glad you said the sage because i thought we were back to the poop thing again no no we're not smudging with that um i do have some white sage in this room just in case we need it it's sitting over there um, do not use the same Ouija board again. If you contact Zozo, get rid of the Ouija board as we've talked. And as Matt will explain a little bit later, you must get rid of that board because once a door is opened, then Zozo knows I can come back through that board. Now, the last one is probably one of the most important ones. 
do not speak his name. If he comes through and spells out his name and you know who he know who you're talking to, do not say his name because as Matt said earlier, you give him more power that way. You allow him to get control of you that way. Now, there are a couple stories that we have found um, about people who have supposedly encountered Zozo. The first one that I found is it's on, it's actually a Yahoo Answers thing. Um, and a woman asks this question on Yahoo Answers. She says, Saturday night, my friend and I did the Ouija board. We used a red candle and the spirit we spoke to claimed he was Zozo. My friend started complaining of a headache, so we stopped. That night, she sleepwalked for the first time ever in her life into my sister's room, started talking gibberish, screamed red, and started with the gibberish again. She then left the room and could not be found in the house for a good half hour. We searched, and when we returned to the room for about the fourth time, she was there. So sleepwalking for the first time, screaming red in her sleep, and literally disappearing. Could Zozo have gotten into her? And that was on Yahoo Answers. Um, I'll post the link to that in the show description. And was the best answer, yes. Yeah, I, I think the, the most thumbed up answer was, duh. <laughs> Um, got one more, a little bit longer. Um, and this one was posted on ouijaboardtales.blogspot.com. Again, I'll have the link if you want to read it for yourself. Said, I've always been interested in the paranormal, Ouija board specifically. I was raised in a highly religious environment and was always warned about the evils that come with the Ouija board. It's all the devil, my mother would say, attempting to lure me away from the game. Of course, I didn't listen. A couple weeks ago, I constructed my own board using cut-up pieces of paper and a penny for the planchette. It didn't work, but I felt something strange as soon as I said hello. The next day, I went to the local bookstore and bought one. That very night, I began using it. I was with one of my close friends who had also been interested by the paranormal. We drove to a spot in the woods, and as soon as we greeted the board, the planchette moved extremely quickly. We asked it basic questions, how they died, how old they were, if they were a good spirit, and they said yes. And nothing seemed out of order. Then, my friend got a horrendous stomachache. At that time, I started to smell something that resembled rotting meat. The planchette also began making figure eights, and knowing these were signs of demonic activity, we closed the session. A couple days later, we used the board again, three times in one day. Each time, we were speaking to an entity that called itself Mama, Zozo, or Zeze. I knew this was a dangerous demon, and so did my friend, but I was excited. We played the number game, in which we would each think of a number and the entity would guess it. He never failed to guess the correct number. It was astounding to me, but I could tell my friend was extremely uncomfortable. We closed each session when one of us began to feel ill. Feel ill? Feel ill? ill. Mm -hmm. Good Lord, the Southern accent is bad tonight. <laughs> last night was the last time I touched my board or ever will. I met my friend who is hanging out with a girl I know outdoors in a spot we hang out at night. 
We opened the session, and the planchette moved immediately. It lied as usual and said it was a good spirit, but soon started making figure eights, calling itself Mama, telling us it was zero years old, the usual signs. My friends were scared, but I wanted to see what would happen. I forced them to let whatever it was continue to make figure eights on the board. My stomach began to feel hot, and my friends agreed they felt the same. I felt uncomfortable after a while, but continued the session. Suddenly, we heard a screech from behind us. It wasn't an animal. I honestly can't describe what it was. We heard something moving toward us. Not footsteps, yet not an animal. I took my hands off the board, and my friend closed the session, and we fled. While we were walking away, we heard the screech once again. We ran as quickly as we possibly could. We then drove to an abandoned road and trashed the board. I couldn't sleep that night until the sun came up. My friend told me she had a strange dream but declined to reveal it to me. I'll never know what made the screech behind us, and frankly, I don't want to. Be careful with Ouija boards. They cause more harm than good. I'll agree with that. Yeah, absolutely. So, we heard a little bit about Zozo. Now, they did... um, they did mention in that book that it was Pazuzu, that known also as Pazuzu. Now, you and I were talking, and I'm not 100% convinced that this is the same thing. Um, because if you look into the history of Pazuzu, it doesn't really tie into the same things that Zozo is known for. Right. The stories that you find when you look up Zozo almost always are affiliated with a Ouija board session. That's why it's, it's kind of been given the moniker, the Ouija board spirit. Right. Um, but Pazuzu is not. No. Um, and, and if you're, um, if you're a fan of the movie, the exorcist, Pazuzu is the demon from the novel. Right. That supposedly possesses Reagan. Pazuzu was actually also on the newest Treehouse of Horrors, the Simpsons episode on Sunday. Oh, uh, yeah. There's actually a uh, one of the three uh, clips. Pazuzu actually um, possesses Maggie and then Bart. So if you haven't seen that one and want a Simpsons history of Pazuzu, you can go watch that. <laughs> so, Yeah, if you want to learn about Edgar Allan Poe, you can watch the Raven one. There you, know, you go. You can get a background history on Pazuzu. So, yeah, The Simpsons will teach you everything. Yeah, exactly. That's how I've learned all of my history is The Simpsons. A um, little bit on, um, I mean, you can go to Wikipedia and get a Pazuzu history. Um, but I went to a website called Ancient um, to get a little bit of um, kind of deeper information on Pazuzu, and Pazuzu is an Assyrian and Babylonian demonic god who was most popular in the first millennia BCE. He was the son of Hanbi, king of the demons of the underworld, and brother of, I'm butcher this, brother to Humbaba, the demon god protector of the cedar forest in the epic of Gilgamesh, who is killed by the heroes. Now, he was a demon of the underworld um, in control of the west and southwest winds, which brought famine during the dry season. 
And in the rainy season, it brought tearing storms and locusts. So he was known for, I guess, destruction, famine, locusts, and all that. So all around, not a good guy. Um, but a lot of people would, he, he was a, a demigod, basically. So he wasn't one of the strongest ones, which means he wasn't the most evil they had. So a lot of times they would pray to Pazuzu to divert his natural inclination toward destruction and put it toward more benevolent ends of protection um, to protect against some of the more evil spirits that are out there. Um, but there again, it doesn't sound anything like Zozo. Um you know, and Zozo first was mentioned um, around 1818 in a reference guide um, by Jacques Colin de Plancy, um, a self-proclaimed occultist and author in his Dictionnaire Infernal. So Pazuzu went way back. Zozo seems to be more commonly mentioned in... I guess the past two, three hundred years, but some of those mentions speak of him being around forever and always coming through in some form of talking board or spirit ceremony. Um, and I know we we had teased you had teased to us having our own experiences, and I figure Matt, you should probably at least go first. So I'll give you that honor, buddy. All right. Well, thank you. Um, well, we talked a lot about Zozo, but and that's that's the scariest thing that you can you can do with a Ouija board is contact a demon. Right. Um, but there's a lot of stories out there where people had really good experiences, and Hasbro, they're not selling a portal to hell. Okay, they're they're not gonna. Say, oh, well, we can we can talk to Satan through this thing. Let's put it in a box and put it on a shelf right. next to all these other games. Like kids play with it. Right. These things were, they were developed to speak to the dead. That was the whole idea. People wanted to communicate to past relatives, uh, loved ones, you know, dead pets. Right. I mean, you name it. That, that's what these things were made for. Um, so not all the experiences people have had have necessarily been horrifying or led to possession, uh, or contacting a demon. Some people really can, can tell some good, really good ghost stories, uh, about the experiences they've had just using it and getting some answers to some questions. Um, one thing that, um, when when Adam and I first decided we were going to do this, we kind of had a big brainstorming session where we just really tried to pull out the stops and and scare one another. Right. And so it worked. Some of these stories, you know, we we've talked about a few times uh, together before we ever decided we would actually you know record them and put them on a show. Um, but the stories that I'm telling, I, I've told for years. Like I said, I, I 
in high school, a lot of my friends, we got into doing this. Uh, it was a fun thing to do on a Friday and Saturday night. Um, you know, this was, you know, I went to high school, there were no cell phones, you know, you, right. you went to the movies, you cruised the mall, you went back to a friend's house and played with a Ouija board. That's what we did. Um, so some of these stories, they, they, they creep me out telling them. I, I usually, I, I mean, I get goosebumps telling them because I can remember cause I was there and I talked to a few of my friends that I remember being there and, and it was really cool because I was talking to my best friend last night and he was telling these stories. I mean, verbatim for the way I've told them for years. Right. And the fact that he remembers them the same way I do, it, it lends to the validity of, of what I'm about to say. Now, um, the first story I'm going to tell I did not experience firsthand. This was told to me by a friend of mine's father. And I'm not going to use his name uh, because I haven't gotten permission to do so. But just to give you an idea, this this guy, he he was almost like an amateur medium. I mean, he, he had stories upon stories upon stories. Uh, and I've I've talked to him enough to know that he he he's not. He, he's not trying to pull the wool over anybody's eyes. He's not getting any gain out of this. Right. So I have a tendency to believe a lot of what he says. So this first story, he was young, probably a uh, young adult, college age. He and some friends were using a Ouija board. And they were asking questions. They were getting some answers. They were having a few laughs. And so one of them decided... They were going to ask when their friend that wasn't there was going to arrive. What time will this person get here? And it gave them a time, a very specific time. And so one of the friends looked at the window because this other person lived across the street and said, eh, it's wrong. He's already walking across the road. As they were watching him, his mother comes to the door and calls him back. So he turns around and he walks back through his yard and goes into his house. Several minutes pass. He comes back out the door, walks right across the street and walks into the door to all of his friends, wide eyed, mouths open, because he came through the door at the exact time the board said he would. So once the initial shock was over, they said, what did your mom want? He said, yeah, it's the funniest thing. When I got back, she couldn't remember. <laughs> and, and, you know, and so that was the, I remember him telling us this story before we ever took the lid off the box. But I'll tell you, that was enough at about 16 years old for us to go, yeah, 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 come on, let's do yeah, this. We're doing, we're doing this. this now. So yep. that leads into a story from one of our first experiences where we did the same thing after asking some questions and watching it move and everybody having a good time. Our friend Chris was coming and he wasn't there. So we decided, Oh, well ask it, ask it when Chris is coming, ask it when he's going to be here. So we did. And, and it gave us a time and then, and, and I wish I could remember the, the specific time, but I, you know, I can't. 
Um, but it told us the time, and boy, everybody was just like, "Oh, hey, we're gonna watch. We're gonna watch." And I remember while we were doing this and waiting, the Domino's guy knocked on the door and scared the absolute crap out of all of us. <laughs> that was, you know, that was really funny. But uh, 20, 30 minutes had passed, and, and Chris got there. And it wasn't at the time that the Ouija board had said. So we were like, yeah, yeah, you know, whatever. And all of a sudden, one of our friends goes, hey, guys, y'all, y'all need to look at this. And so we came to where they were, which is where the Ouija board was. And these friends had one of these uh, home intercom systems you don't really see anymore. Mm -hmm. But it was this big box on the wall that you could push buttons and dial the different intercoms throughout the the house. But it had a, a red digital clock right there. And they had these little old people dolls that were just sitting on top of the box. You know, as decoration. Right. Well, when you were sitting where the Ouija board was, and you looked at that digital clock, one of the feet of the dolls covered part of the numerals, and it was exactly the time that it said Chris would arrive. So, instant freak out, just as anybody would. Of course. And we may have been reading more into that, but... Man, it was really cool, and it fueled that fire for us to do more, which a lot of people will do. Yep. You know, it's just like that rule that says don't get addicted. Yep. Little things like this is often enough to make you say, let's do more. Yeah, I'm doing we, it again. We're going to do this again. Yep. We're so, asking another question. So those are just a couple of the stories. Um, the A few of the other ones— um, not not quite as big, but definitely as interesting. My sister, her birthday is on November 2nd. So when she was a kid, she's about five years younger than I am. When she was a kid, you know, I was in going into high school. So as she got a little bit older, she decided that she wanted to do a Halloween-themed birthday party. Well, my parents loved Halloween. I mean, they still do. They they go they go all out as far as decorating. They're smart people. Yeah, absolutely. So I can remember my dad and I building an electric chair. Nice. So the kids could get their picture taken in it. Um we we would uh, my friends and I would would make a haunted house for them. This went on for several years. Well, my senior year in high school, you know, I'm a senior my sister is seventh, eighth grade. They want to step it up a notch because they've heard the stories. So the gentleman that that we knew so well that had all the great experiences, mm-hmm. he came to the party and was telling some really great stories, got them really, really spooked. And later we decided it's Ouija time. Of course. So... We pull out the board, and and using it at my parents' house, this was the first and only time, and I, we're going to get into the house where, where my mom and dad live uh, in a later episode. Right. There's a lot of great stories about that house, um, but we're not going to go into that now. We're going to talk about what we had happen 
that night, Halloween night, using the Ouija board uh, at my mom and dad's. We started to ask it questions, and there was probably 20 people or better, only about three, maybe four at a time using the board, but we were swapping it up. So there really wasn't a chance for anybody to go, I'm going to be the prankster, and I'm going to take control of this, and I'm going to make these people really flip out when I'm answering these questions. Right. So we kept moving around. People kept doing it. Um, and so someone else was asking the questions, not somebody touching the board, which is kind of one of the things that's supposed to happen. So we weren't getting a response like we needed. So a buddy of mine was coming and he was running late and he comes in the door and he's all, you know, he's all irritated about something. And he comes in and he sees that we're using the Ouija board and he goes, I got one. It won't know. Ask it how many speeding tickets I got. So one of the people using the board says, well, we'll call him Jeff. How many speeding tickets does Jeff have? And it rolls around, and it goes to six. And his face goes pale. Because anybody that knew this guy, he drove a Mustang. He loved to drive fast. And he had tickets galore. Mm -hmm. But number six was the bad one. We all knew he had five. But nobody knew that he got one about 200 yards from my house hmm. on the way to the party. Nobody knew but him. And again, we're talking about 1991. Right. You're not updating your Facebook status going, no. I'm getting ticket number six. Hmm. He walked in the door irritated and shouted this question. He wasn't there 30 seconds right. before he made this question. Somebody knew. Wasn't anybody that Somebody knew. touching the planchette. But. Yeah, one of the other things that we did that night was one of the questions it was asked is, who died on Halloween? Now, it's, it's a real vague question, but what they were getting at was their grandmother had died on Halloween, and it, it was wanting it to give a name. It gave a name, but it wasn't the name that was expected. But it was a name that was familiar to me. And during my high school years, my uh, my mother's mother lived there. So my grandmother had her own room there. And uh, she was a good bit you know, older. My mom was the youngest of four. Um, and I thought, man, this name is really familiar. So I walked into her room. I said, Granny, does the name John Toombs? mean anything to you? And she said, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He used to work with your uncle. Yeah, they sold cars together. He was a real nice guy. Said he was one of your uncle's good friends. I said, okay. I said, I, I thought that name was familiar for some reason. She goes, yeah. I said, you know, it's funny. He died in a car crash on Halloween. Dum, dum, dum. <laughs> now, I'm telling y'all this story, and I'm not making it up. This is exactly what happened. So creepy enough, there was nobody in that room, certainly not anybody touching the board, that would have been able to come up with that name because um, I wasn't even touching the board at that point. 
So, yeah, I mean, just really, really, really creepy stories. Um, and, and enough has happened outside of the Ouija board for me that makes me say, never again. Right. Now, it's funny you told that story last because the one story that sticks in my head the most about my Ouija board experiences kind of revolves around that similar thing. I was in high school and I had gotten my license not too long ago and I was always, uh, despite what people think, I wasn't held back a year just because of my birthday. I, you know, school started before I turned the age. So I was always a year older than uh, my friends in school. So I got my driver's license first and we took full advantage of Adam having his driver's license. Um, so we won't go into a lot of the stories of what I did because I had a driver's license. I don't want to put that out on the internet. Um, but anyway, um, we decided one night that me and my girlfriend at the time and a couple of our friends were going to take a Ouija board and we're going to go out to this park that just creeped us out. And it's like, I don't know, it's 830 at night. It's dark. You know, it's winter time, whatever. We're in jackets. It's It's getting dark early. So we go out to this park and we set up on a picnic table. And we're all kind of sitting around the picnic table, kind of trying to crowd in because picnic tables are wide and we didn't. So we're all kind of crowded in there and we're asking questions, you know, is there anybody here? Anybody want to talk to us? And when we said anybody want to talk to us, we got a yes. And I'm the skeptical guy. I'm the guy that, yeah, one of these jerks is doing this. So I'm not going to think anything about it. You know, well, we said, how old are you? Said seven. I'm like, oh, really? You guys are picking a young kid. To... It's the kid thing again, right? Kids creep out of mouth. Right. First of all, yeah. I mean, it's a it's a damn kid. Stupid kids creeping me out from I I can't tell you when, but um, it went to seven. And so, but my first thought was, really, you guys are going to pretend to be the ghost of a kid? Ooh, original. You know, so. I asked the question, well, how did you die? You know, spelled out murder. I'm like, yeah, original. Mm-hmm. Good job, guys. Um, I wasn't believing any of it. So I said, you know what? I'm going to ask a question that nobody sitting at this table will know the answer to. I said, what is my great-granddad's name? None of them had ever met my great-granddad. He didn't live anywhere near there he was two hours away i didn't see him that often but said all right we'll get you so i said what is my great granddad's name tell me my great granddad's name and it went to no and i said i'm serious if you're real tell me my great granddad's name now i won't tell you his actual name because it didn't tell me the actual name so it doesn't pertain to this story but his wife, um, my step-great-grandmother, and all of his close friends had a nickname for him. This board spelled out L.B., which was his nickname. None of them could have known that. So I pulled my hands off the planchet. I yelled, F that, stood up, and I walked back to my car. And I sat my happy ass in my car... For another 30 minutes, listening to the radio till they decided they were done. 
But none of them could have known that. I mean, none of them had ever met him. I'd never talked about him because it, you know, he lived two hours away. It just didn't really come up in conversation with my high school friends. And it told me not just his name, but his nickname. And I was, I was done. I didn't, you know, I was like, well, that proved it right there. It's not any of them. And so, which means we were probably talking to a little kid who got killed in that park and nope, big old nope. Yeah, I'm getting chills just listening to that story. (laughs) So I I have been tormented by little children my entire life. Thank you, kids. Um, Now, I was, believe it or not, I have friends who are preachers and reverends. I know all of y'all are thinking, Adam, preachers like you? Yes, they like me. I've I've got a really good friend who is actually a reverend. Um, I call him Rev. So out of uh, anonymity's sake and all that stuff, I'm just going to call him Rev um, to keep his identity safe. Um, but I, I was talking to him because Matt and I thought, well, you know, we need to we need to talk to other people and find out some interesting stuff that we might not know. So, yeah, because as we said, the church frowns on this. Yep, and not just the Catholic Church. No. Because um, I can remember, I grew up in the Church of Christ because I'm Southern. Um, but I think had, I'm more Southern than you. I grew up Southern Baptist. There you go. Yeah, he's he's got me beat. <laughs> Just one notch, though. One notch. <laughs> but when when we would um, would be in the youth group at church, we would kind of share some of these stories that we had experienced, like the Saturday night before or the right. Friday night before, and. I can remember, you know, our youth pastor saying, you, you boys shouldn't be messing with that. Yep. You know, and, you know, the reason is, is because if you're a religious person, you know, the, the Bible speaks a lot about demons and, right. and spirits that walk the earth. Um, You know, it's it's enough to make you think. If, if you believe in the Bible and you believe this stuff happened then, why on earth wouldn't you believe that it happens now? Right, right. So I talked to Rev. <clears throat> excuse me. I talked to Rev, um, and he told me he's, been, he's actually been called multiple times to exercise houses after Ouija board use. And I like his term for it, so I'll use it a, a couple times. Um, he says, I've been called to help with Ouija board fallout. And I like that term because it, it kind of, it does state kind of what it is. Um, now, he's usually, he said he's usually called when homeowners hear disembodied voices. Um, they're usually whispers. They're not the screams that you hear in the exorcist or anything like that. They're usually whispers that you can barely hear, but you know they're there. Um, Shadows moving in corners where there shouldn't be shadows. Um, Only really if the person is aware of it. A lot of times people don't pay enough attention to those because they just assume their eyes are playing tricks on them. Um, Or the movement of inanimate objects, uh, sometimes only a few inches or they fall over from where they're sitting. Um, But he has seen occasionally objects actually be thrown across a room. 
Um, now that's rare occurrence, but it does and can happen. Um, one of the more common occurrences after Ouija board use, and this ties into what we were talking about earlier with Zozo, um, a common occurrence is some form of sleep paralysis, along with the feeling of someone sitting on them or on the bed next to them. Um, also another sign, dogs um, often known to bark, cry, or growl in seemingly empty corners or in empty rooms um, because they're sensing something that we cannot. Um, a lot of times the animal will, will refuse to enter a room that they used to enter with no hesitation. Yeah, and and to speak to that, I, I purposefully held this back uh, from one of my stories to talk specifically why, um, what, what can happen with this uh Ouija board fallout, as Rev calls it. So that Halloween night, after using the Ouija board in my parents' house, which we had not done to that point, um, where where I was sleeping was on the couch because I was freaked out. Um, I had a beagle that slept right beside me. And sometime around 2 o'clock in the morning, I remember this, He's whimpering and crying, and he's looking at the kitchen door. And this was not something he typically would do. And he went over, and he he was just, you could tell he was agitated at something, and he, he was cowering back from the door. He was sniffing the door, and he was looking into the kitchen, but not walking into the kitchen. He right. would not cross that threshold, and he would back away and cower, just like he's seeing something in that kitchen. And I didn't move. I just I, laid there I and him. watched, but I called him and he wouldn't come. He was not moving. After about maybe 30 seconds of this, he just kind of stops and he walks over and he sniffs the door and he walks through and he's wagging his tail and he goes into the kitchen and he comes back. So that's something that, that I did experience after a Ouija board session, but those things you know, really coincide with what Rev's talking about here. Right. The the door being open to something um, and something still being there. Um, he said there are a couple ways to help um, with a spirit or demon that has entered your home through a Ouija board. Um, you can have someone come out and cleanse the house through the burning of sage or other herbs known for cleansing or get someone such as himself to come bless the home from room to room. <clears throat> Usually, it's not too difficult to get rid of the entities, but that also depends on the entity itself and the number of times the person has opened the door to them. If someone keeps going back to that stuff, it becomes increasingly difficult to get rid of the entity because it keeps getting invited back in. And with each invitation, they become more powerful and harder to get rid of. Because there again, that's giving them attention and power in that. And you keep doing it, you keep loading them with power, and it's going to be harder to get rid of them. Um, he said, thing to be very careful with is interpreting the entity. Most of what you contact are not spirits of relatives or benign spirits. More often than not, it's a malevolent entity trying to gain access through your invitation. They're tricksters. 
who will make you believe what you need to to feel comfortable with their presence for a while. He said, just because you smell Uncle Bob's pipe tobacco and hear his work boots down the hallway doesn't mean it's Uncle Bob. They can mimic your memories of loved ones. But he did say, he gave a little caveat, he said it could also be a familiar spirit who is attached to that person during life, and after death, they've decided to hang around afterward and mimic some of their favorite person's habits, traits, smells, something for you so that you feel comfortable with them being around. Now, I asked Rev what advice he would give to someone who has used a Ouija board and thinks they're experiencing fallout from this. And I said, you know, obviously, don't use the thing. That's number one. But um, he said, if someone has used a Ouija board, whether or not they feel like they're experiencing any lingering effects, they need to contact someone, a priest, a preacher, a demonologist, etc., to cleanse the house of the malevolent spirit or energies and close any doorways that might have been left open. He said, oftentimes people play with the board, and when things start to happen, they get scared and just stop, thinking that that ends it, but it does not. These doorways must be closed. Um, He said, there are a lot of groups that do paranormal investigations. Some of these are garbage, so be careful of who you find and who you contact. Some are very well connected and respected in areas, though. Even a lot of colleges have parapsychology departments, which have networks of people and groups that can be very helpful. Just do your research and find a reputable group. He said, after all that, get get rid of the board and never use it again. And I'm going to agree with him on that. I I will never touch a board again. And I, you know, I think of anything you can take from what we've said. Don't get too interested by what we're talking about and think, oh, I'm going to go do it, you know. Right. We're, we're not advocates of, of going out and doing this. I mean, we really like it when we may spark your interest on a topic and it makes you want to go and research it a little more yourself. And by all means, go and research Ouija boards, read this stuff, right. and I promise you're going to find something that if you had an idea that you were going to go out and get one and try it, it will turn you right off. Right. Because there are some really, really frightening stories out there online, true or not, but they're enough to make you think twice about giving this a shot. Right. So, I mean, it's something that we don't fully understand. So you really wouldn't want to just go fooling around with it. Right. It's it's like the old adage, you know, hey, you can either believe it or not believe it, but if you don't believe it, why test fake? Exactly. You know, why take the chance that it might just be real? So, again, you know, it may sound like a silly disclaimer, but we're telling folks, look, we're not telling you guys to go out and try this and see what kind of experiences... If you've had experiences in the past and you want to share them, of course, we want to hear about them. Oh, yes, You know, please. we love the stories, but we're not asking you to go create any of your own right now. No, email us, graveyardtalespodcast at gmail.com. Let us know your stories because, again, you know, like we've said before, we're interested in this stuff. We like to hear as many stories as we can. We like to talk to people. Everybody has stories about stuff. Um, not 
I know not everybody has Ouija board stories, but I'm sure there's people out there who have had, they've done pendulum ceremonies, they've done automatic writing, you know. Um, one of the big things when I was in high school was you had sleepovers and you did all that stuff. And I know a lot of girls would do the light as a feather, stiff as a board thing, which is, you know, it, it's contacting spirits to, you know, come through and do something for them. Um, tell us these stories. Um, please don't go create your own stories after you hear us though. Yeah. You know? you, you're, you're usually not going to find the spirit that's going to stick your hand in some water while you're asleep. So you wet your pants. Right. You're not going to find that one that tickles you. And I, and I have managed to get in wetting your pants in yet another episode, which I'm, I'm impressed because <laughs> I'm going to see if we can do this every episode, get Matt to speak of wetting his pants on every episode. Oh yeah. So how do you get rid of this thing? So there are ways to get rid of a Ouija board. Yep. And it, and believe it or not, throwing it in the trash isn't one of them. Right. So there are there are very specific ways. We touched on this in the rules. Um, I'm going to go over real quick. How do you get rid of one? You, you decided you're done. Something bad happened. Nothing bad happened. I don't want this thing. I ate mine. Should I not have done that? <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't expecting that. <laughs> so so here, here are the ways to correctly get rid of a Ouija board. Number one, do not burn it. Um, this is one of the rules. Don't burn it. They uh, they say that you can actually hear it screaming if you do. Um, Wouldn't that freak but, you out? Yeah. I mean, I, I get freaked out when when a lobster kind of screams when you're right. boiling it. I don't I don't want to hear my Ouija board <laughs> no scream kidding. at me when I'm burning it. Um, Put me out. But they say doing this can cause the spirits to attach themselves to you and haunt you for burning their portal. Uh, I read another thing that said when you do this, you hear the scream. It means you have 36 hours to live. Um, I want more time that, than that. Yeah, that was kind of an odd number, but anyway. Uh, so it whatever it is, it's bad. Don't burn it. Um, so the correct way, and Adam mentioned this earlier, you, you're supposed to break it into seven pieces, uh, pour holy water over it, and bury it. If you if you can't do that, if you, you don't have any holy water on hand or you can't get on Amazon and buy it, which you absolutely can. Do, I was going to say, I think so. Yeah. Um, you're supposed to place a silver coin on top of the board and the silver coin will repel any evil spirits from coming through the board. Um, so when people come to your house and go, Hey, uh, can I have this quarter? You just grow. No, yeah. no, 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 no. Leave that. That's there. the evil spirit yeah. quarter. <laughs> Leave it alone. So it's it's kind of like Homer's uh, forbidden donut. Yes. <laughs> Don't eat the last <laughs> do, bite. Do not eat. <laughs> do not put this in a Donkey Kong machine. Right. Or you could. I mean, um, <laughs> yeah. just uh, pass it along. Yeah, all hell will break loose, <laughs> but you can uh, get a high score on Donkey Kong. Um, before we uh, we kind of go into um, to the end of this show, uh, I did ask permission of a friend of ours to share this story. Um, he gave us this story early on when we were first talking about doing a, an episode about Ouija boards. So I, I talked to him today and I said, man, is it cool if I use your first name when I tell the story? Cause the story is kind of, is kind of cool and it's kind of creepy. And he said, yeah, man, absolutely. So, um, 
our buddy Austin, he uh, he's into this as much as we are, and he's been to some of the places that we've talked about going. Uh, one of the places, as I said in the very first episode, we are we are about maybe fifteen minutes from what is considered the most haunted town square in uh, in America. And that is, that's the Gallatin Town Square, Gallatin, Tennessee. One of the buildings that's considered haunted there is the Trousdale Mansion. Now, there's a lot of rumors about this place um, that are really tough to verify, but one of the rumors is is that uh, the the owner of the mansion killed his entire family. So that's enough to make me go, yeah, you might not want to take a Ouija board there. But I didn't know Austin then. And he did. And as we said before, you don't go and use a Ouija board in a cemetery or a place where a murder's happened, where there's a lot of negative energy. Bad idea. But it happened. And and this this is what happened. So uh, I'm going to just read this. I was talking to something with the Ouija board and asked if it was a sun or a moon spirit. And it wouldn't answer. So I said, can we leave? And it said, no. So we said goodbye, and I had to put my fingers underneath the planchette and drag it to goodbye. But something was pulling so hard that it scratched the board. Mm. So right after he stopped using it, he says, my friends kept going, and a demon tried to take control of the board. It started doing a figure eight. And when I told them to stop, they couldn't hear me. When I said goodbye, 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 which is how you close a board, both their heads snapped up and they looked right through me. So before they could understand what I said, they both said goodbye. That was at the Trousdale Mansion right here in Gallatin. Now, I don't know about you, but the first time, the first time I read this story, I, I mean, it, I got chills. Yep. Um, it's the first again, time I've heard that story. Yeah, so, and I mean, yeah. you know, a lot of things occurred in this story before we did the full research, and everything he's talking about here are things that we've mentioned in this show: the the figure eights, saying goodbye. Um, you know, not being able to move the planchette, those kind of things. So, you know, we don't know. I mean, we don't know. We don't we don't know what's out there, but man, these are great stories. Right. And they scare the crap out of us and and that's what we we like. Oh yeah. And, you know, we really hope that some of these stories have scared the crap out of you. Yep. And they've scared me enough where I'm going to ask Matt to hang around for a little while, bribe him with some banana pudding. Um, we'll sit oh, in the banana pudding. The banana pudding. So we'll have to sit around and watch some Simpsons and stuff and like calm down a little bit. Yeah. The banana pudding, also not keto. Not keto, but who cares, man? <laughs> we got to calm down from this. And there's nothing like eating some banana pudding nothing to calm better. down. So if, like we said, if you have any stories, um, you know, shoot us an email um, and let us know, you know, any of your stories and tell us if you, you know, have experienced any of the same things that we have. Yeah, absolutely. 
And remember, if you like this show, if you dig what you hear, tell a friend to listen. Tell them where to find us. We're available on uh, on Facebook uh, at Graveyard Tales Podcast. Uh, you can find the podcast on all of your favorite uh, podcast outlets, on Apple Podcasts, on Stitcher, on Overcast, and of course, uh, our host, Audio Boom. Right. So... We look forward to hearing from you, Graveyard Tales Podcast at gmail.com. Um, we hope to see you back in the graveyard next time, and we'll see you soon. Good night. <laughs>